the 15th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one who is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the tribe of God. Amen. It's all part of God's plan. Even knowing that I was about to say that line, I still internally rolled my eyes. If you haven't heard me say it by now, the sayings that we use to try and comfort other people sometimes drives me crazy. It's all part of God's plan. Brings us comfort. Because it seems like the simplest answer to a difficult question of why. It's easier to remove any uncertainty and point to God. Because there has to be a reason other than simply, well, they just died of cancer, or it was a car accident, or a heart attack. I mean, we don't like those options. Because maybe that then means that we have to point to someone for the death. It's their fault. It's this person's fault that they died. And since we know God can take it, we blame God. Besides, we seem to function best in a, a theology like that, kind of a predestination that God laid it out, the plans for you and me and the whole world from the very beginning of time. Don't bother changing it. Every detail of your life was planned by God before you were so any decision made was already determined by God as happening. At, at times a person can find comfort in that because it takes the pressure or the blame off of us. Like we didn't have a say if we were rich or poor or healthy or sick or good or evil. And the truth is, we usually cling to God when explaining things. 
I mean, think about, well, you know, that man was destined to that faith because God determined that long before he was born. We hold on to that because it helps us maybe to understand things, gives us an answer to things we don't have answers to. And truthfully, it sometimes stops that very uncomfortable conversation when you say, well, that's just what God had planned. But does that always work? Why did that little boy get beat by his parents and locked away in a cage? Well, it's all part of God's plan. Why did my friend get stabbed when we were out the other night? Well, it's all part of God's plan. Why did I lose my job? Why, why me and not them? Well, you know, it's all part of God's plan. Sometimes that idea just seems silly. So I was listening to a TED Talk this week by an author, uh, Kate Bowler, who is a history professor, I believe, at uh, Duke um, Theological Seminary. She wrote a book called Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. In this TED Talk, she speaks of finding out just weeks after the birth of her little baby boy that she had stage four cancer. And she was basically told by the doctors, just go home and prepare everything. Put your affairs in order. She made, she made the decision to uh, make that news public. And she began to receive messages from people, good meeting people, about how that was just all part of God's plan. That she would have cancer and probably die, and she's got a newborn baby. There was even one person who suggested that, that this was God's plan for her to have stage four cancer so that she could get better and then talk to everybody about it. Really? We feel like everything that happens is a result of God's action, from winning the Super Bowl and the lottery to cancer diagnosis and a mass shooting. I wish it was that simple, but it's not. Because I feel it goes completely against who God is. God who controls us like puppets. And like a child playing with their toy cars has fun causing the accidents by running them into each other. One thing we can be certain of is what God says is final, right? It's predestined. It's all part of God's plan. It's written in stone and nothing will ever change. Maybe not. There's a few places in the Bible actually a handful of places, where God changes God's mind. <coughs> Which confuses me, because that seems to go against it's all part of God's plan. Because it seems like God's plan is changeable. God speaks to Jonah and says that God is furious and is going to destroy Nineveh and all the life that is there 
And Jonah gets on board with that. He likes that plan. Well, until he finds out that that plan involves him going there and telling the people of this plan. And we know after a large fish and some stomach acid and being puked up on the shore, God suddenly changes God's mind. And the people are saved after all. And Jonah has some pretty harsh words for God. There is even discussion among scholars over how many times Jesus escaped from death. And God had to change when and how Jesus would be captured and sacrificed. I mean, think about how many times in the Gospels that, that we read about a plot made and then we hear that Jesus got away. Our first reading, Moses was on a very high mountain speaking with God and receiving instructions. And while he's gone on that mountain, the people realize that it's that they need to worship. And they feel they need an image of God as a part of their worship. I mean, that's not unusual, right? We have that. And since they believe that God must look like a calf, they created a golden calf as their focus of worship. Note, they actually weren't worshiping the calf. God was mad that they needed to place an image on God. That they couldn't just accept that God was with them just because they can't see God. I mean, we do that today. We seem to need images before us, almost a way of diverting our mind from other things. Think about the pictures that we see where it is someone's interpretation of what God looks like or what Jesus looks like, and we find that to be a central part of our worship. Anyways, that was a rabbit hole that I need to dig my way out of. So God is upset with the people and says to Moses, Now let me alone, so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. <laughs> Another rabbit hole. Think about that the next time you hear that chant. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. So that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. God seems to have a plan. And I'm not sure any of us would argue with God's thinking. God has had enough. Moses had already informed the people of God's thoughts on making an image that came in the Ten Commandments, which happened actually 12 chapters ago, in chapter 20 of Exodus. God led them out of Egypt, and they have been whining ever since. They complained about having no food, so God sent manna. They were complaining after that because they needed more than just manna, so he sent quail. And big surprise, it was 40 years they complained about how long that happened. They just continued to complain. I mean, any parents here understand where God might be right now with God's children? 
Maybe. I mean, God is dumb. And the plan is to destroy. Parents may understand that too. But in comes Moses and says, according to the Bible, according to Pastor Sarah, eh, God, you might want to rethink that choice. It really doesn't sound like a good option to me. And after some back and forth, God changes God's mind. It's all part of God's plan. Well, maybe that doesn't always work. I mean, why are top, I was watching a uh, documentary, why were top female gymnasts in the U.S. ranked by their team doctor? That was part of a plan. No. Why, are, why have there been people swept away in flash floods only to have their bodies found sometime later? Part of a plan? We live in a broken world. The broken, a brokenness that we created. We have an amazing, loving, love-filled God who continually changes things, rewrites the plan to make things right for us. I'm sure there are times when I say horrible things about my neighbors or refuse to help someone in need. I'm sure there are times when God begs me to say yes, and I refuse to look for any other answer but no. I'm sure there have been a whole lot of times when God has had the finger on the button that shoots down the lightning bolt. I don't like that theology, but, you know, it's my sarcasm. His finger is right on that only, have, only to have someone pray, God, please love the people who are making bad, bad decisions right now. And God takes a deep breath, changes God's mind, and takes me into God's arms and loves on me like a parent who realizes their child is found and safe after all that worry. God has had multiple times of changing God's mind throughout the Bible. And realized the only way to fix all of this was through the life and death of God's only Son. Jesus is the one who continues to go to God and beg for your forgiveness. Jesus is the one who continues to, continues to point to you and say, but God, what about saving that one? And God realizes that Jesus is right. Jesus is said to the criminals on the cross, you will be with me in paradise. And while the world was all behind their condemnation, the people on the cross, God changed courses because God's love is greater than what we have written in stone, what we have planned. It's all part of God's plan. Well, people, God hasn't written the plan in stone because we are people that tend to change things up. And while God gets frustrated, because even in anger, God will change God's mind, and love on you and hold you close. 
because God's love is greater than all of that. Even when God is at the end of the rope, parents, you know that, our prayers open God up to who we can be. While the broken world tries to be greater than God, God is the one who always wins. I actually like that God changes God's mind. We live into that promise because it is there, it is there that God's forgiveness shows bright and God's love is felt and God's plan is truly realized. Because God's plan changed to that. And for that, you are forever blessed. Thanks be to God. Amen.